Were you already recording, by the way? No, but I did it just after the one, but I'm recording now. Okay. <laughs> That's fine. Hey, welcome to the Unchurched Podcast, where your hosts, Michael and Sean, discuss issues of church, life, and religion. No subject is off limits, and our honesty and humor drives our discussion. We welcome you to sit in on the conversation and laugh with us as we challenge serious things. So pour your drink, kick your feet up, and let's get started with the show. Boy, oh boy, oh boy. Happy recording day. Happy recording day. What is up, brother? Well, I kind of wanted to just chat about something I found yesterday before we get into the topics at hand, because I thought it's interesting, and I like interesting things. But I went outside to take Hans out, our dog, and uh, we have a massive tree in our front yard and therefore have so many bugs. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. I saw what I thought to be two cicadas drop from, like, the tree, right? And I'm like, oh, this is kind of cool. Because, like, cicadas do it in trees and then lay eggs and die, you know? Don't we all? Well, not that quickly, but yeah. <laughs> but anyway, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Let's go over and take a closer look. Well, I'm walking up and then I'm like... Oh, right. So what I saw was a cicada getting what looked to be humped by oh, this yeah. massive freaking wasp. But obviously it wasn't getting humped. Well, then I don't know. He had to go out like we had just fed him. So he had to go out another 30 minutes later, maybe 40 minutes. And just out of curiosity, I was like, I'm going to go check out that cicada. The whole thing was completely white, like completely just dead and like, what do you call that? Dead. Uh, yeah, but it was like crusty and like, I mean, like the life was literally sucked out of it or something, right? Yeah. And uh, I don't know. I just, I was super intrigued. So I did a quick Google search and there's a certain wasp that only eats cicadas and it paralyzes them and takes them back to their wherever they burrow or live and feeds their larvae larva whatever with uh yeah. this decayed cicada carcass wow savage bro that is savage gross gross yeah super gross but also interesting like i'm intrigued by nature and stuff like that you know like and then to see it like, the article I was reading was, uh, was saying, like, if you're lucky enough to ever see it, which kind of alluded to the fact that you don't ever really get to see it. So I felt, like, special. You know what I mean? That is special. You are special. Thanks. Yeah. But yeah, Speaking anyway, of, man, I thought it was cool. So there you go. No, that is very interesting. Yeah, you, you actually sent me that, or just a snapshot of one of the articles that you found and came up with. I thought it was pretty weird. To me, nature is just a cruel bitch. It's absolutely amazing to me how this circle of life works. And um, 
yeah, dude, it's just everything is out for itself. I was out on the patio today finishing my cigar. I, I had such a long day. I, I decided to light a cigar on the way home and um, couldn't finish it. So I heated up dinner. It was just, just a fat steak and mm. sat down on the patio, took a few more puffs of my cigar Enjoyed this wonderful steak that was just slightly overcooked for my liking. It was pink, not red. You know, I like that bloody stuff. <laughs> so, um, it was leftover steak from yesterday or Saturday. I don't know. A few days, a couple days ago. Um, so I get done eating the steak and then all of a sudden I'm just swarmed with a bunch of flies. And I'm trying to watch some YouTube videos and, you know, finish my cigar after eating the steak. And I look up at the plate and it had four flies on it, dude, just sitting there. And I'm like, shit, because I already know what's coming. You know, I know as soon as I take that steak in the house, throw it in the trash, give it a day or so, and then I'm going to have maggots in the trash. (laughs) And there is nothing worse. Than maggot or maggot smell. You ever smell a maggot? Ugh. Yeah. It's just terrible, you know? What it's like everything outside wants to kill you or lay eggs on you or, you know, Suck whatever, sting you. Yeah, drink your blood, all that shit. It's just, why? You ever wonder why God does some, or did certain things? Yes. And I'm all the time building a little list in my head for when I do get to heaven. And I get to chill with my maker. I'm going to be like, yo, seriously, here's my top five yeah. that we want to go over today. <laughs> <laughs> what were you thinking? When uh, you- <laughs> yeah, so so I know that we're not talking about this today, but still, it's just a, a fucking good point. It's like, it's so easy to build up resentment against God to just be like, why the fuck did you do that? Like, I never would have thought to create a fucking, what was it, a wasp? A cicada wasp? Yeah. Like, who thinks of that shit? What kind of brain thinks of that shit? And it's Or how big, about this? I, I got one even better for you. What the fuck is up with, and I, I'm swearing a lot right now. <laughs> what the fuck is up with praying mantis? So you think about praying mantis, their, their arms are all, they look like weird aliens, right? Yeah. But, but did you know that the female is larger than the male, and she does her little song and dance to attract a male. She mates with the male, gets impregnated, she knows that she's impregnated, and then she bites off his head. It's just like marriage, bro. <laughs> oh yeah you like them titties Ooh yeah you like how i be smelling them? look at my eyelashes i did my hair all good Ooh yeah bitch your ass is mine like who even are night, you right <laughs> at the end of the night you're fighting because you didn't compliment her feet yeah do you know what kind of dad had? How could I know? I haven't seen you all day. 
<laughs> oh god yeah just shit like that dude and, and just i i don't get it i don't get the rationale behind it like how does the circle of life continue by having the female mantis bite off the head of the male mantis after mating i, I don't mean, get I don't that know. yeah shit like that i don't get um so yeah that's my two cents there's a lot of interesting things in nature for sure yeah and which I, I mean you know if you if you really buy into this whole god created everything teaching and belief system then i mean how awesome of a creative being <laughs> is god Sure. To give certain animals instincts or like birds, they just know like, oh, time to peace out, bro. Let's all fly in a V. <laughs> Winter's coming. <laughs> Winter's coming. You know what I mean? Like, sure. That stuff's crazy. Or like fish swimming in schools like super fast and they don't even think about it. It's just instinctual and like. Sure. I don't know. Just it's there's so many different things that are so. Cause like I, you know, I'm a decently creative person. I know how to design and make videos and take uh, photos and you know get different angles and I try and be creative and witty and like you know I I totally understand like artistic stuff. Well, I don't totally understand all of it because that's the beauty of artistic stuff. But my point is like I kind of get somewhat of being a creator. In my own way and it's like i really appreciate the fact that you know god created all this stuff and like even as simple as going out and watching a cicada get fucking butt raped by this massive <laughs> hornet or wasp so that it can go feed its young you know it's just like damn dude How, like who comes up with that you know only God. That ain't got nothing on Netflix. Right. You know, I, I was, you're talking and I'm thinking about Job when he's going through all of this shit, right? He's got boils. His, all his children die. Uh, he loses all of his houses and, and uh, cattle and everything. He's reduced to absolutely nothing. His, uh, his three best friends come to visit him in his troubles and encourage him to curse God and die to end their end his suffering because they felt so bad for him. And he prayed to God and he, he's asking God, why? Just why? Why, 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 why? And God's response to him was, if you remember the story, God's response to him was, were you there when I formed the stars in the heavens? <laughs> Were you there when I caused the winds to blow and I caused the seas to to depart so that land could come forth? Were you there when I put breath and 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 life into this into that? And it was like one of those I don't know like real dick responses like. How dare you question me? You weren't there, and you don't know everything. 
and maybe I've got a better plan. And that type of shit just always pisses me off. Maybe I don't have a better plan, but I rule this shit. (laughs) Who are you to question me, bitch? Dude, I can snap my finger and cause your shit to really be wrecked. Yeah. Yeah, shit like that. I mean, this podcast isn't to rag on God, but I tell you, there's just no, certain I shit I just... That, I don't think that talking about that rags on God. No. No, it doesn't. From but our still, human I, perspective, we think that we should be like God, so therefore we take it as ragging on God, but... Sure. Dude, honestly, if we're going to get into that conversation, like, in a weird way, I really, I really want to think that I get, like the power of that like the message in that because it's it's the reality of god saying i am i was i will always be who are you you're gonna be dead in five years right like i i literally created everything you see and you you don't fucking question me dude like I deserve a respect. If I want to fucking sit here and put you through hell for your eternity, that's who I am. Who are you? And it's this massive gut check. And this just like, I mean, if you really kind of take a different perspective, like, wow, man, like, that's true. God could do anything he wants to anybody or anything he created because he created it. Yeah. We forget the sovereignty of God. You know what I mean? Yeah. And what sovereignty actually means. So yeah, I I have studied that and like I'm not enthralled but like super intriguing to me and people mostly always completely miss the message. <laughs> of well that whole yeah thing. i i agree so so god is sovereign and he can do which means he can do whatever he wants whenever he wants to but at the end of the day that shit still sucks dude and and i just it's shit that i don't get and it blows my mind and it's okay all at the same time you know i i think that the the way that we learn to trust god uh is through trusting our parents it's 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 a weird fuck here's another fucking thing i don't understand why is it that god created fucking gnats and every single time you try to kill them you cannot be fast enough to get them i've got a net in the office i don't even know how i have a net in this office I'm in my basement office. Where the fuck did the gnat come from? I don't eat down here. <laughs> the wife doesn't eat down here. There's no fruit. <sighs> but there was a few episodes ago where I spilled some beer. Uh. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's just now smelling it. It was like, <laughs> I think there's something good downstairs. <laughs> it was the one, that was like two months ago I spilled some beer. I, oh, why is there a net down here? Well, you started off this episode talking about steak and maggots. <sighs> Shit. It's already happening, bro. <sighs> FML. What was I saying? 
I don't know. I honestly don't know. We were talking about Job and... Yeah, 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 but I was getting to a point. I had a point that I was about to get to. Well, you, anyway, it just sucks. It yeah. sucks. You don't understand shit, and you, you have to appreciate God's sovereignty. You definitely want him to be sovereign on your behalf when shit's going wrong, but then you question his sovereignty when things actually go wrong and you don't know what's going to come after. Obviously, the story of Job ended with him getting over twice as much of everything that he had. Wife, children, cattle, houses, land, blah, 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 blah. But the wife and the children and the cattle all died. Yeah, but he made more, (laughs) right? (laughs) But it's still even selfish, almost. It is selfish. And I, I guess maybe that's the ending of it. Like, we still, even questioning the sovereignty cause. Show, uh, shines a light on our selfishness, I suppose. Um, and is that bad? I, I think that we're designed to be um, self-protective, right? To have a sense, a certain sense of self-preservation. Otherwise, there wouldn't be a continuation of the human race, right? So there's a part of me that says, yeah, self-preservation is still a paramount skill hell we wouldn't have survived the ice ages or you know the i I guess technically nobody was around for the ice age they say i don't know fuck it what am i talking about what are we talking about (laughs) certain things suck deal with it suck it up yeah don't suppress it deal with it still weird though well, Job, and I think it's okay the to question. story of Job is just intriguing in a lot of ways. And, there, you know, it, it, I guess there's stuff in there we're not going to ever know. And thus is one of the hardest parts of faith, especially when it comes to Bible and Jesus and God, because I mean, we have to be okay with not ever knowing certain things, you know. Uh, One of those things is why gnats exist. Yeah. I don't know why. Uh, But it doesn't change the reality that they do, and I have to deal with them. Sure. Well, it goes back to that old song that we talked about before, and you put it, you found it on YouTube or wherever, and and threw it into that episode. That old hymn, by and by, (laughs) when, yeah, when the glory comes. All the saints of God to get to go, or something like that. We'll tell the story of how we overcome, and we'll understand it better by and by. Something like that. I can't. I haven't heard the song in forever. So your pitch was like on a little point. bit off. On point, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you that I just signed a new record deal? No, I feel like this is setting up for a joke. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah, I got a new singing record deal. They love my voice. Thought I was always on pitch. People are writing the songs for me. I'm going to be the next Adele. Watch me. Watch me, watch me, ooh, watch me, watch me, ooh, watch me, watch me. <laughs> <laughs> all right 20 minutes anyway. in we're we're knocking so, them so, out of the park 
So we had a great weekend. We had our um, baby shower this past weekend. Remember that time? I forgot to silence my phone. Yeah. Sorry about that. Yes, you did. Thanks for the invite, twats. Yeah. <laughs> well, you'll understand it better by and by. Don't you worry. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So we we had our shower. It was all women, and um, and then me and Micah. So we had a blast. I, I we were trying to, you know, we entertained a lot of people. It was like thirty five people there all together and got a lot of diapers and stuff and you know speaking of not understanding stuff so we had to have a conversation with micah we've been having the conversation several times dude you need some lotion on that you're beating your meat right now (laughs) (laughs) oh listen i got a new tattoo and it's finally kind of scabbing up and itching but you don't want to scratch it so i'm having to like smack it you know yeah i'm good back to your story so we've been talking to micah periodically over the last few months about having to uh, him having to uh as part of his role as a big brother to give up his bedroom <laughs> for the baby and him taking the other bedroom and getting out of his uh his twin bed loft bed that's super cool that i built him and go into the other room with the queen size bed and the nicer dressers the big boy room and he you know hasn't been all that keen on the idea well tell him to read job (laughs) so we had a doctor's appointment and got uh Got our last ultrasound before the baby comes, and and uh, it's pretty cool. We got some three D pictures and blah blah blah. But while we were waiting Penis on the doctor, vagina. no pictures of the vagina. Oh, oh, you said penis or vagina? So it is a boy. You no, know, you said <laughs> no, no. You said penis or vagina. I thought you said pictures of the vagina. <laughs> I just still think it's crazy. You guys are waiting until you know. Birth. Yeah, not the point. Yeah. Continue. Yeah, regardless. So, so, uh, so we're waiting on the doctor to come in to just chat, you know, so that he can justify getting another hundred fifty dollars, two fifties, or whatever for the visit. Sure. And uh, I I turn to Micah again and I said, "Hey, buddy. Hey, this weekend we're going to really need to start tearing down your bedroom." so that we can get it ready for the baby. And then he starts shaking his leg. You know, he, you can tell that he wasn't <laughs> all that happy about the conversation for like the fourth time that we've had it, third time, whatever. Um, but I said to him, I said, bud, you know, I said, you got to remember, dude, like, you're the big brother. You know, we need the room. You've got the biggest room, you know. His his bedroom is the same size as ours. Uh, and so I'm like, dude, we need the bigger room for the baby. You know, we got to have stuff to store. Just all the shit the kid is going to need and just diapers and blah, 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 all this stuff. So, you know, just 
but here's the thing like we started going through this stuff i need your help you know i need you to be my helper i need you to help me tear down stuff and figure out what stuff we're going to sell or just get rid of or throw away or whatever um and we're going to hook up the new bedroom for you to you know have everything that you need or whatever and he was so un- uncomfortable with the conversation and jenna chimed in and you know and she's just like she was supportive and and trying to help micah emotionally through it and you know he she's just like how do you feel like what are you thinking what do you want to say what are you thinking blah 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 and he's like nothing i'm not thinking nothing you know preteen shit uh not wanting to share how he really felt about it but you can tell just his body language he was a little bit uncomfortable sure and um so we talked about it a little bit later and it's like you know uh, you go through these different developmental stages in life or just stages in life period and things have to change and nobody is comfortable with change you know it, it it's not always a, a fun thing to go through but it's also not the enemy like change is not the enemy uh, it's just a process of life and you know it, it was a f- funny thing we had to deal with but on Sunday, you know, we get up, we watch a little TV, have breakfast. And I said to, to him, I said, hey, buddy, we need to go upstairs and start tearing down your room. So we started off very methodically. It's like, OK, what clothes can't you fit anymore? Let's get rid of those. Boom. Done. All right. You got some clothes left. Let's start transferring now to your new bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> so we start carrying clothes over to the new bedroom. All right, what about all these fucking toys? I don't like this anymore. I don't want this anymore. Long story short, we got through so much stuff that he was just no longer interested in. His bedroom was getting pretty freaking bare. And when he saw how bare his room was getting, and then how the little stuff that he had to transfer over could barely fit into the other bedroom because we had so much shit in the other bedroom for the baby. It kind of clicked for him. He was like, oh, yeah, I guess the baby does need the, the bigger bedroom. It's like, yeah, dude, stop being a little bit. Go. <laughs> Grow a sack and be a man. Come on, man. Let them balls drop, bro. Let's go. <laughs> and, and anyway, I just think that the same thing happens with God. You know, it's like, all right, we, we, this stuff sucks, life sucks, and stuff that we don't want to go through or don't want to have to deal with. But then once we start shedding off the shit that doesn't matter and the stuff that isn't really keeping our attention at the moment, we realize that we actually are really ready to move on to the next thing. You know? Yeah. I, I think that that, that lesson... You go through it enough times in life, um, you you start to be able to identify when it's time to transition, you know, when it's time to move on, when it's time to cut ties, when it's time to change something. It's uncomfortable having to think about it and having to, um, you know, process it in our minds. But, you know, the truth is that once we start really figuring out where we are what we feel about what we have and what we need to let go 
I don't know, man. I think it it becomes easier to accept um, the inevitable. That shit's got to change. So, I don't know. That's my two cents. Word. With a short story. It's like 15 minutes long, bro. I mean, man, shut up, man. <laughs> I was getting there. Well. So anyway, uh, you wanted to talk about some shit since you're done beating your meat now. Yeah. <clears throat> Still kind of itchy, so I'll probably have to do it again here in a second. hey there listeners just want to talk to you for a few seconds about hotmikecity.com hotmike city is a detroit-based voiceover production house with full service solutions from writing to recording and mixing and mastering with one simple focus and that is to give you a voice to your next project So maybe you own a small business or maybe you own a big business and you're looking to do some voiceovers for radio spots. Uh, Maybe you're doing some video work. You need some nice voiceover to underlay on that. Hot Mic City is the place for you. Using studio quality equipment and professional editing software, Hot Mic City is perfect for your next project. But don't take my word for it. Take a little listen to this demo. Welcome to Commercial Sales. This course is part of a series of courses developed to build outside. Smooth Jazz 105.9 FM, the radio station designed for people like you. Live stream each Sunday at 10 a.m. and 7 p.m. at ecclive.com. While it may be hard to believe, it's right in your own backyard. Roughly 5 million Americans don't even... And Pace offers awesome scholarship and internships. Pace University. Success starts here. And there you have it. Head over to hotmikecity.com. That's H-O-T-M-I-K-E-C-I-T-Y.com. And give a voice to your next project. But so, Brooke and I started watching this new show. And, uh... I'm not going to get into the show because it doesn't matter. But there was a scene where uh, they kind of pray quite a bit in this series. And it it kind of made me think, like, I remember watching and being like, you know, it's funny that they, like, all close their eyes and bow their heads every time they pray. And then I started to think, like, why is that a thing? Like, why does everyone do that? You know, in church, it's like, now let's bow our heads and close our eyes. Or like altar call time, which, I mean, I guess the altar call thingy I get, like, you kind of want it to be a little more, I mean, you don't just want people being like, oh, you're struggling with this, huh? Yeah, now I see you raising your hand. I mean, I guess I get it. But regardless of any of that, like, you know, altar call comes and I'm, I'm sure you've heard it. And tons of other people grew up hearing it, but like with every head bowed and every eye closed, you know, and it's just like, where did that come from? Because I don't ever remember (laughs) reading about it in the Bible. Yeah. And then I did a quick little refresher on a few things and like, it's not in the Bible. So I think it's so funny that that's like one of those things that like, like today, I worked a half day at the coffee shop, right? Nice. And uh, 
this couple sat down and I brought them their coffee. And then by the time I brought them out their food, they were like, Oh, let's pray. Cause our food's here. Like, let's bless our food. So I was like, I oh, need anything else. And okay. You want some napkins, whatever. Well, by the time I got back with like whatever they wanted, they were like praying. And I was like, I knew they were praying because they had their head bowed and their eyes closed. And I was just like, it's just so weird to me because like, I don't know <laughs> around my teenage years, I stopped kind of doing the whole bow head close eye thing. I don't know why. Yeah. And sometimes I do it, but like on the majority, I'm like, I don't understand. Like, what are we, are we hiding? Are we like, what, what are we like? If people see it, is it like a, Oh, well, they're praying. Like they're getting serious or like, Ooh, they're talking to God. Like, what is it? Yeah. It's nothing. You know, I mean, some people think like, oh, well, it's, you know, the Bible teaches that when you pray, you should go do it on your own time, not around people and like keep it secretive. So like, it's kind of like your little private time. But now when time. people are looking at you, closing your eyes and bowing your head, they <laughs> actually are thinking, oh, look, they're <laughs> praying. <laughs> I don't or know. when they're putting, putting their hands together. Yeah. You know, and that, and then like moving their lips, but nothing's coming out. Nothing comes out, but you move your lips. Just a bunch of gibberish. Motherfucks act like they forgot about Dre. (laughs) You sound exactly like Eminem. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah. What do you think, man? I think that it's hilarious because. Okay, so my first thought is, did Adam and Eve, when they conversed with God in the garden, taking it all the way back to the beginning, Genesis talks about how in the cool of the day, God would come down and commune with Adam. I wonder when God came down in whatever form he came down in, to converse with Adam, did Adam fall on his knees, close his eyes, to talk to God? No. I, I bet the answer is no. It doesn't say, but it also doesn't say what form he came down in. Did he come down in the form of like a translucent being? Did he come down as a physical being looking just like Adam with flesh and blood? Did he, did he, did he appear before Adam as a deer? Or, uh, you know, since Satan was able to appear before Eve as a serpent, did God, you know, come down and appear as a horse? Or did he appear as a lion? A lion? Of bro. Fucking that. I'm going to kill it. There's an interesting um, thought. Maybe it was a fly. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's why he was like, you know what? I don't give a I'm shit a- if I'm made from your body and that fly did it. <laughs> Fucking eat that apple or that peach or that tangerine or whatever the fuck it was. I'm going to listen to that snake. <clears throat> yeah. You know, so taking it all the way back to the beginning before religion was a thing. How did he converse with God? You know, I have no problem with it. You know, for, for years as I was growing up super duper religious, you know, you, you hear the stories of, um, what's his name? Daniel, 
Daniel's in the lion's and Daniel in the lion's den, right? So Israel was seized by Persia, right? Persia came in, took over everything. Um, Darius, the king at the time, uh, was uh, manipulated by his, um, what do you call him? By his, uh, you know, the his advisors uh, to say that anybody that was to bow a knee to any other god other than the king was to be thrown to the lion's den, right? So he signed it. Um, Daniel was known for praying to God three times a day in his little room, um, but out in the open, right, in the window. He would kneel and he would pray. And so uh, that became a popular thing, right? Daniel kneeled before God and he prayed and he got thrown to the lions and he lived because, and you look at the, the paintings from a thousand years ago um, or hundreds of years ago of Daniel in the lion's den. He's always kneeling, praying with his eyes closed with the sun shining on him and the lions surrounding him being all peaceful because he's kneeling down and praying. It became a religious thing, I think, um, through that. My grandfather I don't had think... that hanging in his office. No way. Yep. So you know exactly the painting I'm talking about. Oh, yeah. He probably <laughs> still has it. That's hilarious. <clears throat> Stuff like that, you know, um, and I think um, which I mean, where did that even come from? Some from yeah. So so blood. Gee. Try that again. It came from some artist's rendition, trying to communicate the fact that this man was amongst evil and danger. How else do you portray the fact that he's communing with God and that's the Savior? Sure. Well, he's got to kneel and he's got to look like he's praying and communicating to God. Because if you just show a man standing there and you look at that art piece, you're going to be like, what the fuck does this mean? <laughs> sure. Maybe um, that's a stretch. I don't know. Kind of makes sense to me. Yeah, but so Daniel prayed while kneeling and, and got thrown in the lion's den as a result. Right. But and then there are others. Right. So I, I, I think that through throughout time, when men craved authority back in those days, the way that you showed your subjection was to kneel. And so that I think that translated and this is just me speculating. Uh, I think that translated into religion in that honoring God, who is your ultimate king, you kneel before him as a show of subjection. Right. Is that does that make sense? Is that possible? Yeah. Or am I just talking out of my ass? No, I'm tracking, bro. So. I, I think that, you know, and then then there's even some pride in there in that because there are men that will say, 
I don't kneel before any man. I only kneel before God. You know what I'm saying? And it's like, well, but still, there is no requirement, I think, there is no requirement to kneel before God. You know, I understand the whole concept of bended knee um, and the sense of even begging. And it's even translated into marriage proposals, right? Culturally, what you're supposed to do when you ask a woman to marry you is to show your humility and to show your willingness, your willingness, not necessarily to be subject to her, but that it shows a, a sense of devotion to her for man to drop down on a, on one knee and propose. So, I, I, well, just the physics of if you're standing, you're more <clears throat> apt to defend and attack but when you're kneeling i mean your your faculties are completely changed at that point and it's a more submissive yeah you know or not even just submissive but it's a more uh at ease i guess you could say like you know it's it's not it's it's not as aggressive i guess as all I'm literally saying. So, I mean, it makes sense. You know, I get the whole kneeling yeah. thing. I, You know what? It got so, you know, there's also times when a king is like, you know, getting ready to chop off the head of another king. And they want that king to lay prostrate. And then that became a form of prayer as well. Laying prostrate. And, and listen, I, I'm not... I'm not knocking any of it. I've done it all. I've knelt and prayed. Yeah. I've laid, I've laid prostrate and prayed. I've laid flat and prayed. And have no problem still doing it today. You know, it's just a, it's just a posture. But I, I think to the point, there's... Uh, does your physical posture really... Um, does it really, is it really evidence, is, is it any real evidence of the posture of your heart? And I would argue that it's not. Well, I would argue if it is, it's just a, it's just, it's just like a, you know, semantics or like, it's, a, it's not necessary. It's a byproduct of like, like, cause there's been times where. I needed to go pray and I felt like I need to be on my knees right now because I'm coming before you and I am straight up begging you. Like I need some answers or I need this thing or I'm praying for these people or something, you know, like I'm physically and spiritually and verbally trying to communicate. I'm here. I am. I'm your servant, but please listen to me. You know, like that's a, a thing. It's always been a thing, you know? Yeah. Like, oh, take away God. Like, that's what kings, you know, people do to kings and so on and so forth. Like, it's an authority kind of thing, I feel like. And not even just authority, kind of going, honestly, just hit my mic, my bad. But going back to the sovereignty thing, like, 
you know, it doesn't have to, sovereignty doesn't have to be bad. Authority doesn't have to be bad. And submission doesn't have to be bad either. Sure. So, I mean, it's not a negative thing. Anyway, we might be getting way too far in this whole kneeling thing. No, we're not. We're not. I guess I got somewhere else to go with it. All right. Go for it. So, I remember the passage in Matthew that talks about two men going to a temple to pray. Right? One's a Pharisee. Sounds like a good joke set up. <laughs> <laughs> two Jews walk into a bar. Guess what happens next? They bought it. Hey, yo. No. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, a, a, a Pharisee and a and another dude, not a Pharisee, walk walk into the temple to pray, and the Pharisee says, "God, uh, I think it was a tax collector." He says, "God, I thank you that I'm not like other men, especially not like this tax collector here, wow. or whatever whatever his job was that he says." And um, and then the other guy says, "God, I come before you with a bended knee." head bowed basically says I'm not even worthy to look up right and and Jesus says which which prayer do you think was actually heard and it was it was illustrated in the physical posture but also in the verbiage of the heart <clears throat> and I think the the more powerful thing was actually the verbiage of the heart it wasn't necessarily the whether one man was standing or kneeling or whether one man was prostrate or, yeah. you know, whatever. That that really wasn't illustrated. What was really, really illustrated was the posture of the heart, what was actually being said. Uh, because the, the fact is that the, what you know, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Right? So the thing that is most felt and most believed in the heart is actually what's going to come out of a person's mouth. And you can tell a lot about where a person is emotionally, mentally, maturity-wise, by the things that come out of their mouth. That's what's most important. Because everybody tells on themselves. You will eventually. The truth always comes out at some point. And either you're going to be a pious prick or you're going to be a humble man. You you can't be both. You might be able to 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 play both parts for a little while, but the definition of hypocrisy is is actually you wearing a mask, right? You you feigning mask to be off. something. Mask off. Mask off. Fuck it. Mask off. Mask off. Okay. Do you know that song? No, I don't. No. I'm, a, I'm a believer. I don't know what you are. Listen, listen to that prick. secular music. <laughs> <laughs> Look at this listen. guy over here, God. He's secular. Doesn't listen to Christian stuff. Hard judging you. Hard judging you right now. Uh, I listen to Carmen. I don't know what you listen to. You know, you've never listened to Carmen in your life. <laughs> if you have, it's because I put it into one of the episodes and you listen to it. Come no. I heard Carmen's song, Our God is an Awesome God, 
way back in the day. And watch his music video with his uh, tight mom jeans on and his shirt like half unbuttoned showing his chest. Mm, Italians. <laughs> Fucking Dacos, man. <laughs> I'm going to send you this future song called Mask Off. Okay. Mask I like off. future. So Mask off. I just haven't heard it. Anyway, you know, I mean, you can wear a mask for a certain amount of time, but eventually it's going to catch up to you and the truth is going to come out. You're going to fumble. You know, you're going to you're going to actually tell the truth because the truth is actually what's real. And I think that, uh, you know, within us, we really do want to tell the truth to somebody. Somebody has to know the real you. Somebody has to really get to know who you really are as a person. And, um. You know, when that shit comes out. But the, the fact is, is that nobody knows the heart of man except for the spirit of man. You know, God, God knows what's within every single man. And you can't hide that shit from him. You know, you can you can try and get in the right physical posture there is possible and and pray. But. If your heart ain't right, the shit's going to come out of your mouth. And you're going to look like an idiot. You know, that, I think that's... So when we were talking in, in, in the pre-show, we were talking about Matthew 6, about Jesus teaching his disciples how to pray. But there's another passage where Jesus says, uh, when, you, when you stand praying, he literally said, stand praying. He says, don't be like the scribes and the Pharisees that put ashes on their head on their forehead and they walk about the streets lamenting all to be seen of men because they have their reward but your father who sees in secret will reward you openly therefore when you pray to the father go into your secret closet and pray to him because what you do for God in secret God will reward you openly and that and right so there Jesus, is how the movie Narnia starts. Oh, shut up. Come on. What the hell's that got to do with what I just said? <laughs> what? The, 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 the lion, the witch, and the wardrobe? Huh? They go through the closet, man. The lion, the witch, and the wardrobe was not a Christian movie. Man, I was just trying to, like, you know, the closet thing. and Keep it in the closet. It wasn't funny. All right. I get it. I'll take it. I'm a man. I got balls. <laughs> <laughs> what was your name supposed to be again when you were born? Christina. It's Christina. Christina has balls. <laughs> <laughs> I should have never told that story. <laughs> I'm not going to change your name in my phone. <laughs> Oh, fuck you. But I'm definitely, definitely going to make note of that right now. I, I, Sean you know what? David, I will change. Parentheses should have been Christina is calling you. Yeah, I want to say, uh, let me see. Let's go to contacts right now. Oh, you're doing it in real in. time. This is actually Sean, happening. Oh, I don't even have you as Sean David in my phone. I have you as Sean. Beep. Let me. <laughs> You can edit that out. <laughs> I want to say, 
Oh, and it still says Canfield Studios. Let me fucking cut that out too. So, Sean, I want to say Sean Christina. Was it with a K or with a C? I don't know, man. It doesn't even matter at this point. Nope. Christina David. And for company, I'm going to put Brooke Elizabeth Photography. <laughs> no? Should I not do that? No, 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 no. Are you writing a note right now to show me on camera? To, to cuss me out while we're, while we're recording right now? Is that what you're going to do? No. I'm just taking oh. notes. <laughs> what? To edit out my... Uh... <laughs> I'll edit this one. Don't worry. From 50 to 53. Delete. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Can you go poopy? Anyway. um, Hey, this is a good time to pause. Hans got to poop. Oh, yeah. It's a great time to pause so that you can cut out a bunch of shit that I just said, too. No, seriously. Look, I'm going to take Hans out right now. All right, I'm going to go pee. All right, three, two, one. Hey, Unchurched Podcast listeners, this is Michael on behalf of Sean and Pura Vita Bracelets. Hey, you've heard us talk about this company many times on the podcast. Not only do they make pretty cool bracelets, but they do a lot of good in the island communities. They started off in Costa Rica. They're in India. They're all over the world, actually. And they're helping out a bunch of artisans that are these creators that are making these bracelets and really impacting uh, their community. Not only that, they give back to so many different charities. In fact, to date, they've donated over $1.75 million to a bunch of different charities all over the world. Hey, if you want to look good with some flashy bracelets and do some good at the same time, check out PuraVitaBracelets.com. That's P-U-R-A. V-I-D-A bracelets.com and check it out when you use Sean's promo code SeanLunt20 that's S-E-A-N L-U-N-T 2-0 you'll get 20% off every purchase so check it out PuraVitaBracelets.com you can look good you can do some good and hey check it out SeanLunt20 get 20% off of your order hey let's get back to the show All right, we are back. We are back. And after a potty break, I won't say your last name again. I'm sorry. (laughs) It's all good. (laughs) Flying cognito, brah. I'm glad we're friends and I know your whole name. (laughs) Nobody else knows it. That's fine. Hey, so um, let's just segue real quick. Um, you get uh, the Prez's husband on deck yet for the interview? No, I haven't even talked to him. Okay, but <clears throat> I can do that tonight for sure. All right, get him on deck, Eric. Eddie, right? Eddie, not Tom <sighs> or Kevin. Oh, actually, it is Kevin. 
It's not Kevin. It's Eric. No, Eric is Melissa's husband. Oh. So we did butcher it again. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe we don't have him on. We're like, yeah, so Larry, tell us about that time when... uh, Kevin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what I said. Anyway, Sam, do you want to elaborate on that point? It's Kevin. (laughs) Oh, God, I need to go to bed. I'm so tired. Oh, Anyway, uh, so enough of the postures of prayer. You know, you, I, I guess let's just conclude it by saying that if you pray standing up, sitting down on the toilet, laying down uh, on your back, on your stomach, it doesn't matter. You know, I, you know, I I like the good old Catholic way. You know, you just I, I, I like the I like the kneeling. And the standing and the kneeling and the stand. I like all of that. I like the moving around. I like, you know, not being um, locked into just sitting there for hours on end. Get the blood flowing. That's what I mean by the Catholic way, you know, because there's certain parts you, you pull the kneelers from underneath, you know, the chair in front of you and you kneel down. Or, or and then you stand up and you read something and you pray or you sing something or then you sit down again and you you stay in that mold for a bit and you kneel down again. I, I'm I'm one of those guys that when I talk on the phone I have to be moving. You know, I like walk. I'll I'll literally walk around the house on the phone and I've done it for years, for so many years. I just ever since I got a cell phone. I um I was moving while while talking on the phone. Yeah. So word I mean prayer is just a language or communication between you and God, so <clears throat> to yeah. me it's just that simple of well, how like what do you do when you talk to other people? You just do whatever you're doing then. Walking, standing, sitting, laying down. Sure. You know, it's it's just that simple. But yeah, it is kind of weird yeah. that like, you know, when you're in a corporate group, that's like, okay, we're going to pray now. Bow your heads, close your eyes. <laughs> it's kind of like, why though? Sure. Yeah, but why? I mean, that's cool. Like, but it doesn't why? hurt anything. It's not like, oh, I can't believe you guys do that. Sure. I just think it was, you know, it's something I don't really ever think about. And then I thought about it and I was like, huh. Why is that a thing? Because it's not biblical. It's just something we do. So there's, so there's a um, there's a old family friend. His name was Joseph Jennings. He's he's passed now several years ago, but he used to no, not Joseph Jennings. Yeah, yeah, Joseph Jennings. So Joseph Jennings, he's a he he was an evangelist, traveled all over the world, uh, winning souls. His dad went to prison for murdering his brother or something like that and, and you know, ended up dying. And he, and he was a thug, a big-time gangster and um, just a horrible human being before he met Christ. 
before he came to Christ. And when he finally came to Christ, gave his heart to Christ, he said that he remembered praying a prayer. God, if I win a million souls to you, will you let my daddy go to heaven? That was his prayer. And that was his goal. <laughs> you know, but whether you think it's silly or not, that was his, that was really, really how he felt. He loved his dad so much, no matter how much his dad beat his mom or did whatever. His, uh, no matter, you know, he was life in prison, whatever. He said that, you know, his prayer to God was, God, if I win a million souls, will you let my dad go to heaven? That was his prayer. Um, anyway, this guy was a straight up thug. And when he preached or in a church or did evangelism or whatever, he, he would swear like a sailor. <laughs> he would cuss all the time. You know, he would uh, use the N-word over the pulpit several times during his message. And uh, he was just really, really raw and rough around the edges. But I remember one day listening to him and he said, listen, don't you ever want to pray for me and tell me to close my eyes? He said, you close your eyes, somebody to pray for you, and a nigga going to knock you out. What happens to somebody shank you while you got your eyes closed trying to pray? Fuck that. Pray for me. I'm going to keep my eyes open. I want to see you pray for me. And that was his thing. And I remember way back then hearing him saying that. And it was just just different stuff that he would say that would uh, really break up that religious spirit. You know, the religious spirit that I had. I was just super religious and like, you got to do things, you know, this way because this is the way that our church did it, you know. And he was, whenever he would come in town and would do a service or do a youth rally or go to a school in a neighborhood or something like that we'd go with him or you know just go see him or, or whatever he was just always raw like that and basically did exactly what our podcast does just challenge serious things it's just like forget closing your eyes to pray you ain't got to do that you better watch your back you better have the eyes on the back of your head Talking about falling out under the power and ain't nobody behind you to catch you. You know, forget that. All that religious shit, just forget about it. I'm going to have my eyes open, at least one eye open looking at you when you're trying to pray for me. So, yeah. <laughs> Thug life. Thug life for real. <laughs> yeah. Thug life for real. I miss him. Miss him a lot. He's a good dude. So sounds like a cool guy. Yeah, he's a great guy. Great guy. He did a lot. I remember seeing him um when I was in high school in ninth grade. He came to my high school and uh did a youth rally there and uh just did this whole thing about you know, not doing drugs and abstaining from sex and, you know, 
getting your education, doing the stuff that's right, blah, 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 blah. And um, just some of the stories that I, I could tell you offline that, that he tells in schools that are just mind-blowing. It, it would totally break your heart, the shit he's been through and shit he's seen. Um, and why he ended up getting straight and getting on a straight and narrow. It's just you just see too much on the, on the streets and, and thinking that you're doing something like he told a story of, 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 a, of a kid who um, wanted to be part of this gang. And part of his initiation was to was to rape a girl. So the whole gang ran through this girl and um, and he was the last one because he was being initiated and he, and he's and he's going through it and through the peer pressure and he ends up banging this girl and the bag falls off her face and turns out that it's his little sister. Damn. Yeah. It's like shit, is it worth it, really? Like get your shit together. Like life is real out here. Like these street these streets are mean. And you and you might think that you're um like your shit don't stink, but man, like he had so many stories that just proved that this world needs Jesus. So stuff like that. Anyway, I think where we were gonna go from here was, you know, so we we're we're taught so much to do things a certain way, but how do you unlearn some of the unhealthy things that you've learned in church? Right? Yeah, and I mean I don't know. Some of it seems easy and some of it doesn't. I, all I can speak of or two is my experience and having kind of left the church pretty much altogether as far as I don't go to church on Sundays anywhere. Some of it comes just by not being in it. You know? Because I don't know for you, but, like, there was a time when I kind of stopped going to church and I felt guilty. And I felt like, you know, maybe it was a kind of an addiction or just the fact that that's what I did. I was there from anywhere from two to five nights a week or days or whatever, you know, like doing church shit and, like, then you just don't do that and it's like well this is weird yeah but then it kind of gave me an environment to think about why do why why did i do that like why why did we do that like what's the point of this what's the point of like do i really need that because there's a lot of shit from church Honestly, most of it, I don't miss at all. I don't, it didn't really give me any value in my life, honestly. I sure. I don't know that I could answer that or have that, or not answer that, but have that same opinion if I was still in church. Like, regularly. You know what I mean? I do. So I think that's part of it, for sure. Yeah. 
Yeah. And you I know, also think, you know, being a, well, if you have a point. I was just going to say, you know, it, 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 you learn so much and it, it all helps you to become part of the tribe of the people that go to that same church. You know, you learn how to act and behave and how to talk and how to do things to fit in. But when you're no longer part of that organization or that building community, you know, your weekends might be free, but is your mind free? You know, like it's something to think about. You still act the same way. Like I, I remember like someone say, hey, how you doing? I'd say I'm blessed. then I grew up a little bit and it was like, Oh, I'm blessed and highly favored, you know, stuff like that. Shit like that. Mm -hmm. I don't talk like that anymore, dude. You you couldn't pay me to talk like that. I I literally despise people that talk like that. Well, most people don't like, you don't go to Wendy's and someone's like, Oh, how are you doing? Or you ask someone, how are you doing? And like, I'm blessed. How are you? Oh, you'd be surprised. I still hear it a lot. I mean, yeah, I hear it a lot too. I'm just saying in general, it's, it's, I guess I'm trying to one, agree with you and two, just kind of expound upon like, there's definitely a lot of stuff you do when you're in the church culture that only the church culture does, but you don't do in other interactions with people in life. On a corporate or individual level. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you go have lunch with your friend who's not saved, do you say, okay, bow your head and close your eyes. We're going to pray for this meal real quick. Yeah. But if you go to a church thing, they be praying for everything. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, I'm not saying that that's wrong. I'm just also saying, like, I don't think we have to pray so much. Because then we put, like, a, we, I don't know, we put this thing on that, and then that's what it becomes. It's not about the meaning and the purpose behind, yes, Lord, I thank you for this steak right now. I thank you that I have a job that I could pay for it and a house I could live in. And a yeah. grill I could cook in to enjoy this steak right now. Like, thank you so much for what I have. Right. Right. And if that's genuine, that's awesome. But you're not telling me every time you go to fucking Wendy's and McDonald's and eat your breakfast every morning, like every time you shove something in your mouth, you're like taking time to thank God for it. I don't know. For me, that's all I'm going to say. I'm not going to put that on anyone else. Yeah. But for me, it, it's not genuine every time. Like, I just want to eat. (laughs) I don't feel like I need to stop and tell God I'm thankful for it. Because I talk to God throughout the day. I don't know, like, why that's a thing, personally, you know. Because you're spoiled with white privilege. That's why. (laughs) Marco. (laughs) I'm joking. No, that's not it at all. Um, I agree with you 100%. So... So if you, and this might be some for sure black and white thinking, but if you're, if you're not praying before every single meal, then why do you pray before one? 
Now, again, I, I, I prefaced it with it's not black or white. I, I am being black and white. Uh, but I mean, but to your point, we don't like we'll pray before a four course meal. Right. Then we'll get up in the morning and eat a bagel with some cream cheese and we don't pray over it with some coffee and we don't pray over it. Right. Is that a double standard or is that just just human nature? Right. Like we. You're not always on your religious cloud. And, and I, I think that if if we're able to recognize the fact that we're not always on our religious cloud, then it will help us not be so judgmental when we see other people. You know, not do it. Yeah. Not be on that cloud. You know, like I, I remember as a as a kid, me sitting down to eat and a family member saying, oh, you ain't going to pray before you eat your food. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like we we got shamed as kids for not praying before we ate. But now as an adult. Like, yeah, we've prayed before meals. We do. Every, I think everybody does at some point. But is it every single meal? Probably not. So what makes this meal special and the other one not? Is it a difference in your thankfulness? Is it a difference in your perspective? Like, what is it? Who knows? I don't know. All I do know is that I'm at a place now in my relationship with God where I'm thankful for so much. I don't feel the necessity to pray over a meal so that it is nourishing for my body <laughs> every single time I put the fucking food in my mouth. And I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. Well, there is because the food you don't pray over to nourish you doesn't actually nourish you. Oh, yeah. see, I thought it was just that they had extra calories that I didn't need because I'm fat. No, it's the prayer. And that's, you know. Huh. So, <laughs> like I've heard people say, God, take the calories out of these cookies I'm about to eat in Jesus' name, Amen. And it's like, dude, you're making a joke out of it, but and and I I can appreciate the joke. It's funny, ha ha ha. But dude, you better not be the motherfucker that's uh, <laughs> guilting me into praying over my food yeah. because you didn't see me bow my head and close my eyes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Before I picked up my knife and fork. I definitely have people that do that. And I'm 33. And I'm just like, that's cool. I'm going to eat now. Well, yeah. Because you just had a birthday just recently. Just a few episodes ago. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> I don't know why that's so funny. Because <laughs> you hate birthdays. Yeah, I do. You're stupid. <laughs> Grown ass men talking about what are you gonna get me for my birthday? Are you gonna get me a cake? <laughs> Better be a surprise party. Okay, but you have no problem saying I'm 33 now. Yeah, I mean that's how uh, old I am. That's how old you are. Yeah, indeed. I don't care if people know how old I am. There's just no reason to celebrate that. How many fucking 33 year olds are in this world? Why am I so special? Uh, sure. Anyway, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, 
Uh-oh. I feel you. you know. But but what do you think though? What are some of the ways that a person can begin to change their mindset or to uh, begin to unlearn some of the shit that they've learned that you know really isn't beneficial to them? Well, honestly, I th- I think questioning is the biggest part. Or not the biggest part, but it it starts the process of learning and figuring out for you and from scripture like what do i really need like what is god really calling me to do and to act and to be a part of and if you find out through the questioning and whatever that it's part of being or it's that it is being a part of one of these American Western churches where there's, that's the thing, then there you go. But for me, there's a lot of stuff with church. I don't agree with. And that's just, so um, maybe that's not a place I need to be. (laughs) Sure. And whether I go to a church or not, I don't feel like affects my faith with Christ because I have a Bible. And I have relationship with people who think like me. And I also have people, relationships with people who don't think like me. And so I can be challenged both ways. And I don't need to go set through some guy telling me that I need Jesus. And I don't, I don't think I need to pay tithe to, so that he can have a job. Like, I mean, yeah. you know, and we, that can be argued, but. I'm not going to go there right now, but like, I just, I don't really, I don't put my trust in these things that I grew up doing my entire life unless they are biblical and they do add to my relationship with Christ and to what he's called me to do in life. And when I stopped and looked at church and the churches I was a part of, I didn't want it. Cause I didn't get anything out of it. Sure. So why be a part of like, you're not going to go to a restaurant that sucks, but you're going to go every week because like, why would you do that? Tradition. Exactly. But I don't serve tradition. I serve Christ. So that's part of the reason why I'm okay with not going to a church. <clears throat> I like that dude. And honestly, like we've we we said time and time again, we have this misconstrued thing of what church is and should be anyway. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, honestly, man, yeah. I think questioning stuff and analyzing stuff and figuring out why do we do the things we do and the things that we do on a corporate level in this American church society are they necessary are they beneficial and when you can answer those things i think you know you're on the right path yeah i agree because dude there's certain things like worship people think when you say worship it's singing and songs and dancing and that's what worship is 
So much so that we label like outlines and bulletins and church shit. Here's worship time. All the other time we're not worshiping. That's the worship time. (laughs) When the music's going and you're moving your mouth and words are coming out of it. That's the worship time. Yeah, you're right. That is worship time. But sitting in a Bible study is worship time and washing a car for someone is worship time and studying your Bible is worship time and working because you're a human and you're doing what God's called you to do. That's worship. Like providing for your family. Yeah. So there's, there's some stuff that, you know, in the churchy communities, we kind of like just generalize and then section off. And that's the time we do that. And this is the time we do that. And then we'll leave. And then I'll come back Wednesday for a Bible study, but there will be no worship, only Bible study time. And then I'll come back Sunday morning and then we'll do some worship. And then we'll hear this guy preach at us because God supposedly gave him a word that's so strong. I need to hear it this week, but it's really only going to be, you need Jesus. Because Satan is bad, and he is the temptress and the tempter. And tithe. Oh, yeah. And then we'll tell you three and four times you need to give 10% at least, plus a love offering. and uh, Speaker's offering. You know, like. Sure. I'm jaded. I get that. But at the core of what I'm saying, you really can't argue against it because it's truth. That's what church is. Yeah. I don't need that yeah. shit. Yeah. I agree. I, I think too that it's important to to um have some unsaved friends just to help you give some perspective. <laughs> I, I can't For tell sure. you how many times I've you know, I've had a friend that was just like, Why do you do this again? And I'm like, uh it forced me to kinda to say like eh, I don't know. I really don't know why we do this. Like case in point, like uh someone you know, lays hands on you and then you fall on the ground. Like I've had friends that are just like, Why in the world would you do that? And like uh I'm not sure. I'm not sure why we do that. It forces you to actually evaluate yourself and figure out why you do certain things. Yeah, I agree, man. I mean, the I think it's important to have, you know, friends that believe what you do and friends that you don't. One, because just on a human level, I mean, unless you're trying to be like, you know, joining a cult and like no one else exists, that's that's a little weird. And to be honest, I feel like churchy realms are that way like i grew up um as a kid i only had a few unsaved friends and that i mean like literally a few that i could go play with or whatever or like have a sleepover because that's just how i was raised and yeah you know as a kid whatever i don't know i'm not a parent i'm not gonna that doesn't matter but right now as an adult i mean it's just it's asinine (laughs) and i think you you need people to challenge you and to like 
you don't have to agree on everything. Even your saved friends church, uh, to be Christianese. You're, you know, one of you is going <laughs> to like the Godfather and one of you is going to hate it. Like one of you is going to think speaking in tongues is normal. And the other one's going to be like, nah, bro, that's weird. That's not for us. You know, like there's, we all have different opinions. We're all different. And when you pick people to be around, I feel like Christians really enjoy, and this used to be what I did. Like I really enjoyed hanging out with Christian people because I always thought non-Christian people were the mission field. They were the, the clientele. They were the ones to be converted. You know, so if I was hanging out with them, there was always a mission. Like there was always an angle. And it's like, oh yeah, man, I've been hanging out sure. with this dude and he's like totally not saved. And I'm just trying to lay that like foundation with him, you know, so I can really like minister to him. And everything's just like super <laughs> churchy and super religion and super like my whole yeah. fucking existence is to convert everybody. So everybody to me is like yeah. this project and it's like well i mean you're not you're not walking on water bro so take a look at yourself here and two like yeah. people see through that shit it's fake there's no you know there's no realness in that it's because you're not even seeing them as a person you're seeing them as a project Anyway, maybe I'm getting off topic here, but I, yeah, you no, know what I mean. You're like, right on. You're spot on. Yeah, and and uh, so to that, another thing around that whole uh, idea is nice. You know, uh, growing up, I was kind of taught and like told and whatever, like uh, not to participate in certain activities or watch certain movies or go to certain events or hang around certain people because they're going to be a bad influence, which is Christianese propaganda for, well, they might pull you astray from your faith. That's it. Yeah. Which is even further, man, I don't trust you with your faith. Because the devil's going to kill you, man, and he's going to turn you, and you're not even going to be saved anymore. Right. That's the faith you have in Christ? Right. And in God? Right. That I can't go to a fucking pool party with, like, non-Christians that are my friends at school because not if there's girls. Satan wants to kill me, and I might <laughs> die and go to hell that night? Sure. I, I don't know. Maybe that's kind of a little extreme, but uh, honestly, that's that's kind of what I grew up. It's kind of what I grew up into. So it's not. Well, yes, it is extreme, but yet we've both experienced it. So, yeah, exactly. (laughs) It's only not extreme because it was my reality. Sure, exactly. And on the flip side, it's just like. Christians are fucking weird, man. <laughs> like, That's the unfortunate Just because thing. I smoke pot doesn't mean you have to smoke pot. You smoke pot? No, I'm saying like... <laughs> no, just joking. I can't stand pot. <laughs> I love pot. Pot's If awesome. it's your thing, do it. I don't care. No judgment. I'm just saying like, just because someone else does something doesn't mean I'm going to do it. I don't smoke pot. Now, it might persuade me. And I might try it, 
but that doesn't you know i, I don't know it's just, dude i couldn't roll a joint if you paid me i mean it can't be that hard really oh it's it's a skill to it brother trust me there there is well, skill to rolling a know. joint and i've seen some joints rolled that looked like sex in a paper it was beautiful um, but I can't do it. I, I, I wouldn't know the first thing about it. I've never even tried to roll a joint. I, I've never ever been taught how to roll a joint. So, um, is this the inner you crying out for someone to teach you? Like, why are we talking about this? <laughs> well, you brought up, you brought up smoking pot, not me. Yeah. Not rolling a fucking joint. Yeah. Hoop dreams. I'm just saying like, just. I feel like looking back, it's kind of like a, um, I, I don't really know what it is. I just, I, I think it's like, a, well, if you hang around people who don't think what you think and don't believe the way you do, then it's going to affect you and you're not going to have your faith anymore. And that's bad. So don't even do it and live in this bubble and you know, consume yourself with churchy religiosity and only like-minded people and that's it. And I just think that's absurd and it's dangerous, man. It is. That's why cults are a thing. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunate. It really is. Um, yeah. I'm with you. But you know, now, I, I'm not telling everyone to go smoke, pot. leave their church and like, yeah. yeah, smoke pot and learn how to roll a joint and, <laughs> you know, go hang out at bars with secular people because you need to be more secular in tune with the real world. I'm just saying like one, be a grown ass adult sure. and pray and make your own decisions. But like, you don't necessarily have to just, you know, yeah. it's, I guess I can't really speak to this, but I we just interviewed our friend Ben, right? Ben's the who's man. an alcoholic, recovered slash recovering, whatever that's called. Big Ben. He's been clean for six years, right? But he can hang around me when I'm having a drink, drunk, or he can go out to the cigar lounge while ninety five percent of the people in there are having whiskey or scotch or some kind of beverage. Of course. And he's not like, oh my God, I'm in here and everyone's doing it. I just, I need to do it, you know, like, because he's an adult. Right. And the things he's gone through and the life he's lived and the decisions he's making now, like he's choosing, you know, I don't want that. I know what it leads to, even though I kind of do want it. I know the outcome. Therefore, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to go there. And he's strong enough to do that. Sure. Like. I mean, I feel like if you're an adult Christian or an adult in general, you should be able to do that. And if you're not, then you know what? By all means, stay in the four walls of the church and don't go out anywhere and talk to anyone unless, you know, you're trying to minister to people. Sure. But just know when you go to minister to them, you're probably going to sound like a fucking quack because the only people you surround yourself with think and talk and smell and dance and fart just like you. Yeah, I agree. So how is this unchurched person over here 
who's, you know, got no idea who the fuck Jesus really is. You're going to walk over and be all nerdy and fucking weird and antisocial with all your Jesus language. Be like, oh, I'm blessed. How are you? And they're going to be like, fuck you. Get the fuck out of here, you piece of shit. <laughs> oh, God. I love it. But I could be wrong. What do I know? I, he may be right. So. Touche. You know, I. I. I I like the I like this topic. I like exploring how a person can unlearn some of the things that they've learned that are not necessarily healthy or beneficial to them in their everyday life. Um, I, I was fortunate enough to have parents that were just real. You know, my mom had no problem. My dad had no problem with the way that they were living, but still were very involved in the church and love God. And had, I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is that my parents taught me the definition of balance and that family was more important than church, but God was more important than family and that there's a difference between God and church. And I'm thankful for that. And it's something that I hope that, <laughs> that I'm teaching my family. Uh, you got to unlearn the stuff that you've learned that uh, is not helping you uh, in your in your life today. It's it, it. You might have some guilt or condemnation about leaving the church or not being part of a local church right now. Um, but the fact is, is that you have to keep in mind what Jesus said, not what your pastor said, not what. You know, some evangelists or prophets said, but you got to keep in mind what Jesus has said and what the Bible says. You know, I, I so while we were on a quick break, I, I looked up this verse, something that helped me uh, for years. Micah chapter six, verse eight. It's one of my favorite books of the Bible, and it's the name of my son. And this is my favorite verse in this in this book. But it says that God has shown you, old man. What is good? What is right? And what does the Lord require of you? To live justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Boom. Selah. Selah. You know, I mean, so you, you have these different verses in the Bible that basically cry out to mankind to just keep it simple. Stop overcomplicating things. You know, Jesus in the New Testament, Matthew 28, or Matthew 22, 37 through 40. He's like, look, he got challenged by the Pharisees. They're like, hey, you tell us, out of 613, what's the greatest commandment? Jesus said to love your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second commandment is like unto it, love your neighbor as yourself. And we've said it over and over again. And I don't mind repeating it because I truly believe that this is the root and the uh, and the heart of our faith. It's very simple. Love God, love people. Jesus made it simple. The prophet Micah, who has one of the shortest books of the Bible, he kept it simple. He says, God requires you to live justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with your God. 
Like that was his synopsis of his relationship with God. That was his synopsis of what he believes God requires from mankind. It's very simple. Titus, um, Titus, who studied under Paul, he also was very, very short and succinct in his definition of what God requires. In Titus 2, 11 and 12, he said that the grace of God has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lusts, we should live righteously and soberly in this present world. He made it very simple. He said, just live righteous and sober. And that's not sober as in, uh, you know, don't drink. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, he wasn't saying that. Uh, but just what he meant by sober is to practice good judgment. So he said righteously and soberly in this in this present world. Very simple. Do good. Practice good judgment. You'll be all right with God. Just do that. Live righteously. And of course we know that according to scripture that righteousness is a result of faith. The only way that you can live righteously is having faith in Jesus Christ because that's what righteousness means to be in right standing with God. And the only way to be in right standing with God is through Jesus. So, Titus was saying very simply, have faith in God, have faith in God through Jesus Christ, and make good decisions. I think it's pretty simple. And so all of this form of doctrine and all of this, you know, you got to say these words when you pray. You got to end every single prayer the same way. You got to start every single prayer the same way, you know. Or in Jesus' words, you got to put ashes on your forehead. You got to be very solemn. You know, when you pray and you mourn, you have to wear sackcloth and ashes. You know, the, the form of shit just doesn't matter. It's, it's more about uh, where your heart is, whether or not you're righteous within your heart, and whether or not you live soberly or you practice good judgment, according to Micah. So... So, all right. I think that's a good place to end. I think so too. Let's put a bow on it, brother. It's all good. Good, good, good. All right. It's been fun. It's been real. Hey, listen, if you like this podcast, go ahead and share it with the people that you love. Give us a share, give us a like, and uh, help us grow this audience. For shizzle. For shizzle. All right. Peace. Peace. Hey everybody, it's Laurel, the self-appointed fan club president. You can visit Unchurched Podcast at unchurchedpodcast.wordpress.com or at unchurchedpod on Twitter and Instagram. See you there. That is special. You are special. Thanks. Jesus said so. So did my mommy. <laughs> That's horrible. I know. Don't judge me. Terrible. That's one of those things you said, and then you're like, shit, can't take that back.
No, it's now on record forever. Well, he can no longer be president. If I edit this one, maybe it just disappears. Yeah. I drive anything, buy my rings, make them go insane.